Welcome to the Ladybirds Podcast. We are here having open conversations about mental health, sex, and womanhood. Dear diary, my teen angst bullshit has a body count. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. You can't do anything unless you're the center of attention. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Need a boyfriend who's not such a complete bonehead. Don't have sex standing up. All I see is pork soils. You're a virgin. Just don't do it, promise? For returning listeners, hello. For non-returning listeners, my name is Mandy, and I love movies, and I love talking about sex. And I'm here today with... I'm Gabby. I like folk music, and that's the only thing I like this week. Just the folk music. Yes. That's fair. (laughs) Given this week, that's fair. Um, And I'm Kate, and I like animals and making people uncomfortable. And uh, we are joined today with our fantastic guest who we got a little taste of last week. Want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I am Christy and I love Adam Sandler and weed usually, but I'm doing Sober October right now, so it kind of sucks. Oh, damn. Sober October. Yeah, I hate it. Today's episode, we want to continue having discussions that acknowledge a wider range of experiences and celebrate those whose identities don't always receive the visibility and acceptance they deserve. So we have Christy that's joining us as we talk about sexuality and sexual identity and gender identity. I wanted to start off by stating that human sexuality is complicated and that's okay. Society has created and perpetuated this very patriarchal notion that If you know someone's sex, then you're able to know all sorts of things about this person, like what gender they identify with, how they should dress, who they should marry, what they should sound like or even look like. Not only is that incorrect, it's also incredibly damaging as not everyone fits in this little overly simplified socially constructed boxes. So... I wanted to start off by quickly breaking things down in a very simple, straightforward manner. So let's start off with the difference between gender and sex. Sex is, well, you know, the thing hanging between your legs or not hanging because vaginas don't hang, right? (laughs) Your genitals. Some some might. Some might. Some might. You know, if your vagina hangs, it might hang. (laughs) True. Uh, But yeah, it's your genitals. It's typically binary, but that's also not always the case. And I kind of found an interesting little statistic about this where according to the office of the united nations high commissioner of human rights 1.7 percent of people worldwide have intersex traits that's around the same percentage of the population worldwide who have red hair but then there's gender which refers to your internal sense of self and it is important to note that gender is a social construct and one that often incorrectly dictates people's roles, behaviors, and expressions based on their sex. And to make it super clear, sex does not and should not define the pronouns you use. Your gender does, how you identify yourself. So some people identify completely with the gender they were assigned to at birth, while others may identify with only a part of that gender. And then another gender entirely is also okay. But along with that, there's also sexual orientation, which is a very beautiful and fluid spectrum. And it usually informs someone's sexual slash romantic preferences. But again, not always. 
And obviously, because society has tried to make a very linear and a very clear path about who you are, all based on your genitals, taking that time and space to actually explore and figure out these hidden parts of yourself and your identity can be really scary and confusing because it's rarely talked about. A study done by Gallup in 2017 showed that 4.1% of Americans and 7.3% of millennials identified as LGBTQ+. So what's also interesting is that that same study showed how younger generations are increasingly more open to sexuality being fluid. And we see this being the case in the percentage of those who identify strictly as heterosexual is decreasing from generation to generation. I do think it is important to acknowledge that the challenges of coming out as queer may be greater for those who are trans, people of color, or people living in poverty. It is vital for us to normalize and to continue having dialogue around human sexuality. Everyone's experiences and circumstances are different, some have been out and proud since the age of three, while some are still wrapping their heads around the possibility of being queer. And regardless of where you are in all of this, this is always a big transition and one that we should be able to navigate unapologetically and with a lot of joy. So, Christy, we don't know a lot about your sex education background. I was like, did um, you have sex ed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely had sex ed class in middle school um we had it sixth seventh eighth grade but like two of the years we didn't even learn anything about like sex at all it was really more like we read the giver in eighth grade <laughs> the giver <laughs> the giver we read the giver in seventh grade um it, my soccer coach mr gable shout out i hate you um <laughs> <laughs> he, he was my sex ed teacher and I have such a vivid memory of him coming in on like the first day and being like all right this is sex ed and we're not going to use any kind of slang terms in this class so and he just wrote on the board penis and vagina and he like explained like what they were the gist you know basic like uh sex ed stuff and that's really all that I remember like taking away from it. I mm. myself had a very like I was exposed to pornography and things like that at an extremely young age, younger mm. than I would recommend for almost anyone. But mm. I do think that it gave me context uh, mm. for uh, everything that I would like figure out later. There was a lot of it was question and answer. So we mm. would submit anonymous questions. A lot of them were really dumb and crazy because it's a bunch <laughs> of seventh graders. And he would try to answer them to the best of his ability. Um, but we didn't talk about anything relating to um, sexuality at all. Not, gender was like, I mean, I it was such a very like binary way of looking at things. Um, and I do think that that affected the way I came into my own because I'm not a person who subscribes to particular gender roles. Like I don't think that I fit into any box quite perfectly that I'm non-binary. And I'm like recently, very recently coming to terms with that. It's something that I've always known and thought about and not felt quite right being identified as a girl, a woman, whatever. But I just didn't know and I didn't feel like 
I was able to express myself and talk about that. But like very recently, like literally within the last two weeks, I've started to tell people and just be a little more open about it because really nothing's going to happen to me. I'm very lucky where I'm in a position where like, I mean, it's not like I'm coming to my parents and sitting them down and because we're not like that close, but I'm not like if they find, found out, it's not like I'm going to get kicked out of my house. So very lucky um, to be in that position. Do you think that the lack of dialogue around your growing up? A hundred percent. I was very repressed with all those thoughts. Like, um, I also identify as bisexual. I definitely, when I was younger, coming to terms with these things, I always knew that like, it was weird that, not weird, but but, but different, <laughs> that like, I just loved Kate Upton so much. <laughs> Understandable. And Mila Kunis, they just like, and I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Christy, yeah. are you a boob girl? Oh, absolutely. <gasps> are you a Republican? <laughs> Why does being a boob girl make you a Republican? Boob guys are Republicans, like ass guys are Democrats, but. <laughs> I don't know if it's because like I have big boobs or if yeah. it's like, I just was always attracted to like Kate Upton, just super into titties. I was wondering, cause you said it kind of happened and you said very recently, can you pinpoint, do you think recently what kind of? Sexuality came a little easier because that's even now yeah. that's like more of like an accepted thing. When I was in like middle school, that's when I really started to realize and I just like kept it to myself and I knew and I just kept it to myself because I was like, these are things that I can express myself and like act on later. Like I was not, it's not like I was like having sex with people in middle school and high school. I was not that kind of person. Not that that's a bad thing at all. What, what I hated and what was like an early indicator to me, I didn't like when people um, made assumptions about me because I'm a girl and I have to wear this and dress like this. When I'm a person, like you guys know me, I like to express myself whichever way I want to. Yeah. I very, like if I like yeah. something, I like it. And I don't care about what like anyone else has to think about it. And that was where I came at odds mm -hmm. with um, my parents a lot of times mm -hmm. because I didn't want to wear a bra because I didn't feel like I had to. And yeah. I didn't want to do all these things that I felt like were pressured onto me. I still hold a lot of feelings about how I identify myself and how my family might think of that. For me, it was difficult because, well, I mean, I'm black and in the black community, like no matter how liberal and freewheeling my parents are, mm -hmm. which like they're liberal people, they're like whatever, but they're not, um, they're not like <laughs> completely open to things like that. Um, a lot mm -hmm. of times I grew up like I even with my sexuality which I feel very comfortable in I still mm -hmm. don't talk to people in my family about it other than my sister mm -hmm. who's literally my twin <laughs> uh, because I just don't want to be judged in that way and I know that I would yeah did you get the sort of stereotype that being bisexual was like a phase or like a selfish thing to want to be with both genders disgusting that was the and in greedy mm-hmm mm -hmm. That's the one I always hear. Yeah, these are and these are quotes. And they weren't meant in a bad way because no one who said these things to me knew. Mm -hmm. Once Born This Way, Lady Gaga's album came out, <laughs> I knew. 
I knew that I wasn't going to fit into these boxes and I knew I was different and that was okay. And I was fine with myself. Mm -hmm. Like luckily that that didn't, it didn't weigh on me like that. But I just knew it was something that was a secret and that was for Mm -hmm. me. So it was a personal Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. For me, I also did not have any education on sexual orientation or gender identity. It was always very heteronormative. And I think in high school, I had a very simple understanding of what it meant to be LGBTQ+. It was a weird thing where I felt like I was an ally to them, but I still couldn't fully allow myself to identify as bisexual. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my sexual fantasies and desires involved girls. I did seek out erotic content on Tumblr and (laughs) and on YouTube that was girl on girl action because that's how I came into my sexuality and I don't think it was really until college that I really felt comfortable exploring my sexuality. Granted, I haven't hooked up with a lot of girls and I think that's also part of why like I sometimes struggle because I don't have that much experience Mm -hmm. and so I feel like I need to have a long-term relationship with a girl to make that count as as a validation that I am bisexual Mm -hmm. and going on dates and hooking up with girls was also something that was definitely more secretive about you know for the reasons that I said that I am still working through my own internal biases but I think also it's because I was so excited to get to explore those moments I just wanted to have that for myself and I didn't want to have to explain that to Mm -hmm. anyone it took me a while to feel fully comfortable with my self-discovery and my self-exploration because you're either being greedy or it gets completely denied when you date a man that your bisexuality doesn't exist I'm afraid that the part of my identity is going to be erased which is such bullshit that you have to feel that way yeah and that is such a common feeling i think going back to like the very beginning when i explained the difference between sex and gender we assume so much based on someone's sex and so it's that same thing we assume that people are straight and so you hear that from a really young age of the people around you talking shit because they don't think anyone around them is or could be not cis or straight. And so then we end up internalizing all of these things. I have so much internalized fear and homophobia of something that I am. And I, I, you know, I want to get to a point where I feel really comfortable, but like even now, I'm still scared that in the back of their mind, they're going to be judging me in the back of their mind. This idea and this picture of who I'm supposed to be to them gets ruined. That definitely hits home a lot, Gabby. And I luckily am in a super safe place where both of my parents are like pretty freaking liberal. And over the pandemic, while I was quarantined with them and furloughed, I actually ended up coming out to them. And they were thankfully super, they were like kind of just like, okay, and? And it was the <laughs> best, like, it was literally the best moment ever. But my, they were like, I just, I, I feel sad that you felt like you couldn't say anything to us before. And my biggest thing was, I didn't want you to think of me differently because I feel like once people have that piece of information about you, they can, it can completely change their perception of you for no reason. And that definitely like weighs heavily on me also. I feel like I also have this guilt of being hetero, hetero passing, which I don't know if that's like a real concept, but I feel like people just assume that I'm straight um, and assume things about me. And I definitely just let people because I, and it's that thing, Gabby, of what you were talking about earlier, where like, 
I know you've had experiences of like dating people and having sex with other women, but um, not necessarily feeling because you've not been in like a long term relationship that it like you don't feel like legitimately by, I guess. And I have never been in a relationship with a woman. I have never had sex with a woman. I have not dated women. I've only been with men. So it's just also this feeling of like, it's kind of like imposter syndrome. Like I know that I'm bi and I know how I feel in my heart, but because I've not had experiences, it kind of makes my sexuality feel invalidated. I can pinpoint the one moment where I was like, I I just, I went to my room and I cried. I was a freshman in college and this girl that I knew who I was, pretty close friends with and she was she identified as lesbian and she told me that I you know she basically told me that it was a phase for me because I don't seem like someone who would date girls (laughs) and I was like please tell me what that looks like and I it just broke my heart because it felt like this you know this one person that understood the struggle of coming to terms with these things have just completely stripped away my ability because I don't look like I could be bi. Like, I don't even know what the fuck that means. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to cut you off, but that's also crazy because you definitely do have the vibes, Gabby. (laughs) (laughs) You 110% have the vibes, so I don't understand what she was talking about. She does have those vibes. I'm sorry. I've like never been more ecstatic, but. Well, and a lot of the other stuff I wrote about when I was kind of like, brainstorming for like my experience with sexuality and sexual identity is just like by erasure mm-hmm. <laughs> and I felt like that would be kind of a topic because I know three three out of four of us are by <laughs> well, so like I don't know what you're Mandy. well Mandy <gasps> yeah Mandy? I'm the last piece of this by puzzle y'all hell yeah are we all I think so so this is actually like I'm, like, feeling, like, weirdly emotional now, but yeah. So it's interesting, Christy, you talked about how uh, for you coming into an acceptance with your gender identity is something that has happened very recently. For me, it's been my sexuality. Uh, I ended a long-term relationship uh, last year, and it was with a man. And really, in this last year, I've kind of done a lot of not soul searching, but I have realized I have a lot of internalized homophobia and I went to a very liberal art school, a very mm-hmm. open art school. And I realized that I've suppressed, um, kind of my sexuality for many, many years. I realize I'm not 100% straight because when I watched the three Austin Power movies when I was eight years old, whenever the badass assassins who came in with the big boobs, I'm a boobs girl, I think I'm a boobs girl. (laughs) When they would come on, I would be- Representation. Yeah, I would be really, really excited. And I remember getting really scared. And that's actually what makes me very sad is I remember as a kid being like, I'm feeling something. And it scares me. I need to shut it off. And I'd be like, does does that mean I'm not normal? Does that mean I'm not? Like, I, I remember in my head being like, I'm not normal and I won't be able to have what I see on the screen. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what I identify with now. I, I'm attracted to men, but I, I do think I'm attracted to women. And that's something that I really want to explore. And I sometimes feel like there's this weird notion that like once you're done with college, you're done exploring and you should know your identity. And so that's where I've kind of been struggling where like I I didn't go through that quote unquote college phase. I didn't. And now post-college as a young uh, young adult, now I'm starting to be like, hey, like 
I am not 100% straight. I don't really know where I fall. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% straight, and I think I'm a boobs girl. So Hell yeah. We need more representation, maybe. <laughs> I know. we need Because, yeah, we cannot let the Republicans take boobies. Like, they cannot take the titties. No, they don't get them. Yeah. They've taken enough. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's what you're saying, Mandy. Wherever you are in that stage of self-discovery and self-exploration, it's something that it takes time and it's worth exploring, I think. And it's seen erasure of marginalized communities and their experiences in various forms. And despite the fact that we've legalized gay marriage and we see somewhat of LGBTQ plus representation in the media, we're still failing to create a safe and inclusive environment and culture that fully accepts and respects all people, regardless of race, ethnicity, sexual or gender identity or wealth. Um, and we're seeing the erasure and freedom of self-identity being done very publicly, too, by Donald Trump. When we're talking about, like, the marginalization of people with different gender identities, there's a crazy statistic, but it's like, I think one in 14 trans women are murdered. One in 14. But I, I read that the other day and it boggled my mind. And that's another thing that has kept me so long when I've had these realizations about myself mm-hmm. at an extremely young age um and I just knew that I didn't fit into these these boxes like I've said before but I even had even as I got older and I went to one of the most liberal schools in the world I'm afraid that if I do try and express myself too far out of the box that I was put into even though I can I can tell people all I want all my friends, about my identity. The threat of violence is real, especially against Black, non-binary, and trans men, and especially trans women. Trans folks face significantly higher experiences of discrimination, violence, and social and economic marginalization across their lifespan. And here's the other terrifying aspect of all of this that goes back to the erasure of marginalized folks, and it's that there is an enormous gap of information or data to help us understand the violence towards transgender because the U.S. has zero formal data collection on this. I looked into the National Center for Transgender Equality, and by August of 2020, at least 28 trans folks had been murdered. 23 of those victims were trans women. And it's very clear that this violence is particularly pronounced for Black and Latina women. We've internalized the fear of the other. I think, unfortunately, the trend sometimes we see with the violence is when people almost feel like the individual has tricked you in how they present and what that says about you by by either being attracted to them or accepting them for for how they presented it's all rooted in just a fear of being an outcast a fear of of being the victim of the hate that these people per- perpetuate it's a terrifying thing because when we internalize that homophobia we internalize that hate towards ourselves towards who we are and i think that can make it so much more difficult for us to get to explore ourselves in a safe place in a safe way and as always our main goal with the podcast is always just trying to open that door for conversation and for dialogue because that is not something anyone should have to feel and an easy route into this is 
normalizing dialogue around this and so it's making sure that when you are having sex ed classes not only should they be super comprehensive and they should include all different facets of sexuality and gender identity but they should also be taught by people who study this and who know this and who are fully capable to talk about sexual wellness in every aspect because it is unfair that people don't get to learn about themselves in schools and have people assume who they are based on their sex because you're incapable of getting someone to teach something that they are educated on mm-hmm. because your fucking PE teacher is not educated on this. <laughs> Didn't the majority of us have a teacher who is like a health, like not really a health teacher? They were like the gym teacher, or like the history teacher or some shit like that. Yeah, my soccer coach, Mr. Gable, was a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the internet is allowing people to have this education that even we didn't really have and it's not like we're that fucking old it took until i got to school at emerson in college when i start to realize like i'm not just weird like this is a thing there's a community out there and it's not just me and then even then it took another four years for me to even say it to anyone i do think that the access to information is good. I just wish that that there was more of an education formerly because it would help the people, not just the people who are experiencing this and may be trans, non-binary, GNC, whatever. I think it will help people who don't understand. So I do think that education is just so, so, so important and vital because even if you feel completely secure in the gender identity that was given to you, assigned to you at birth, you will know someone, whether in passing, it doesn't matter, even if they don't tell you, who does not feel like they fit into the confines of their gender identity that they were assigned to. That education just helps people be able to make their friends and loved ones more comfortable um and i prefer prefer they but i'm not gonna be upset if someone calls me she but it is extra validating to be referred to as they because you it just shows that that person is taking into account your identity and the fact that you operate outside of these very strict confines that we are taught don't let the patriarchy put you in a box don't be ashamed if you are beginning your journey i think for me there was a little bit of shame Mm -hmm. of being like i'm 24 and 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 now i'm starting this like don't be ashamed you might start this journey at 12 16 24 54 but Getting to a place where you can be your true self, where you can accept your true self, is the the most important thing. I'd say be easy on yourself. Be easy on yourself. Get, treat your treat yourself with kindness, and love and respect, because that is the only person that you can guarantee will do that to you. And you have to not to quote RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, that's where <laughs> I thought this was going. <laughs> If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Doing Okay is our little segment at the end of each episode where we talk about something that has either happened or that we're doing that has helped us feel a little bit okay um, because times are tough. My Doing Okay is still kind of related to this topic. 
My doing okay moment was when I saw that the white supremacist group called the Proud Boys subreddit got taken over by queer folks and their images of them kissing. That was amazing. Okay, so my doing okay is I decided to finally fully lead into also my identity of a pink-haired artistic weirdo. And I got a skateboard. Yes. And <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I get the pieces are coming in, but I'm really excited because I just really want to do something for myself. Christy, what's your doing okay? My doing okay is kind of a two-parter, if that's okay. Ooh. Um, oh, 100%. Yes. One, I released some content, as Mandy said oh, today, oh, yes. on my Instagram. I launched my website, christymitchell.com, K-R-I-S-T-I-E-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L.com. I've like posted a bunch of film, short films I've worked on, photos I've taken, social media campaigns I've run, and I'm just really proud to finally have it out there into the ether. Follow me on Instagram too, at Christine Marie Mitchell. <laughs> and the second part is that today I told a lot of people really close to me about my identity. I told like three of my really close best friends and um, they all accepted me with open arms and... Um, we're very receptive and very sweet and I'm just happy it's not something that I have to hide anymore getting to share that with people is something I think is really special I have not found the the actual tweet so it may not come across as witty as it was when I first read it um as most everyone probably knows uh Donald Trump has come down with the coronavirus (laughs) And there have been multiple, multiple things going across the internet that um, RBGs, like, you know how she, like, left dying words to her niece, that that was actually, like, a curse and that RBG was a witch. And because Donald Trump was like, fuck her, we're filling her seat immediately, she just, like, has cursed him. I also follow on Reddit witches versus the patriarchy, (laughs) and it's one of my favorites, but people on there for months have been posting, like, spells that they're like quote casting <laughs> to like curse Donald Trump. So now that subreddit is freaking out because they're like, it worked. It worked. <laughs> We've cursed so him. Amazing. So I've just been reveling in all the all the spooktober because we're finally in my favorite month yes. with my favorite holiday. Fuck yes. A yes. little yes. bit of a spooky RBG tribute. <laughs> Well, I guess thanks for joining in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. As usual, you can follow us on Instagram at LadybirdsPod. Give us a like, DM us, comment, please. We love interactions mm-hmm. <laughs> on social media. And uh, I guess we will talk to you guys next week. Bye! Bye. <laughs> <laughs>